0: To the Lanch J Radio Network. So I'm going to tell a story back on Lanch J Radio Network. I'm going to tell a story. From my teenage years, I was maybe 12, 13, and I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. And my father was in the, the ministry. My father's a pastor, my grandfather was a pastor, my great grandfather was a pastor. I actually went to The Oakland University as a theology major, which a lot of people don't know. I could have been leading your church. Think about the disaster that that would have been with with my with my super ego and pinch it for for using profane language. So growing up in in Columbus, Ohio, I spent a lot of a lot of time at church. I was at church all the time when I was a little kid, always at church. Wednesday night for prayer meeting. Friday night for for choir practice. I grew up a, a Seventh Day Adventist. Still, still am a Seventh Day Adventist. A proud Seventh Day Adventist. Shout out to to Riverside SDA Church here here in Cashville. So I'm in church every Saturday morning, in Sabbath school, in church. They had they had this program called Adventist Youth, AYS. When when I was a child, I think it's been replaced with something else. But we had a program Saturday night. I played on the basketball team at church. I was at church all the time. I was churched out. It's like my life was a, was a never-ending loop of, of TBN or the 700 Club or, or, or one of those networks. And that was just the norm for me going to, to hear my dad preach. I worked for the church as a kid. I used to, I used to cut grass at the campground where they would have camp meeting. And they used to cut grass there and, and paint and all of that stuff. It was out in Thornville, Ohio. It was out in the middle of nowhere. I put tits up. Like, church was my life growing up. So we're in church, and growing up in Columbus, Ohio, I grew up in the in the late 80s, early 90s. One of the things about my crew and the people that I, that I grew up with and went to church with, it was all about having a fresh cut. Because before I lost my hair, Lance Jay lost his hair around 25. And we were all broke. Nobody had any real gear for real, for real. But if you if you came into church on a Saturday morning and you had a fresh cut and you had the 360 waves and you had a nice fade or a nice taper or a nice temp, whatever, whatever you're calling it, or nice cornrows, you you were the man. And I was all about getting my cut. I'd ride my bike. Before I was driving age, I would ride my bike to Barber College in Columbus, Ohio. I was living in Reynoldsburg at the time. Maybe it was a mile and a half, two and a half, two, two mile bike ride. East Livingston Avenue. I go to Barber College. Every Friday after school, I get on my bike. I go to Barber College. They had three levels of cuts. You had the advanced, these are people that are about to graduate from barber college. You had the intermediate, these are people that are uh they're kind of halfway through. Advanced was five bucks, intermediate was three bucks, and then you had the budget. That's somebody, you might as well be cutting cutting your own hair. You're taking a life in your own hands going to a budget person. This somebody just got to, to cosmetology school. You don't know what's gonna happen. Usually I had the money to to go with my little odd jobs and whatever I was doing, paper route, cleaning toilets. I always had money growing up because I always worked doing odd jobs. I always had a little bit of money. So I would get the advance the majority of the time. One Friday before before church, I did not have enough money to to get the advance. I was short on money, but I wanted to have a cut. I think there was a basketball game that night. I wanted to look fresh. There was a young lady that I was trying to impress. I got the budget cut. This guy absolutely shanked my hair. Like, this guy this guy abused my hair. It was 150 As soon as I looked at him, and as soon as he got his clippers out, I was like, uh, that's probably a bad idea. I should have just not got a cut it all. This guy destroyed my hair. Now, it's going to grow back. You know, my dad consoled me. He was just like, son, it's going to grow back. You know, my mom, God rest her soul. They tried to my mom tried to tried to comb through it, tried to to brush it out. It was just a bad haircut. An epically bad haircut. I get to church the next morning. All of the kids, like if you grew up going to church, all the kids used to sit in the same place at church. On the the left hand side of the pulpit in the back. There'd be like 30 kids back there, and that's where all of the preteens, the teens teens, from about age 12, 13, where I was, all the way up to to people going to college, they would all sit in that same corner. Ephesus SDA Church, Columbus, Ohio. It was a great church growing up. Some of the older kids were were sitting behind me. I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to get sued. These are still people that, that I know and love and see periodically. Some of the older kids were sitting behind me. They were making fun of my haircut, so you're sitting in church. I can hear them clouting, They're making fun of the haircut. They're having jokes. They're having jokes. I'm sitting with my boys uh, a row in front of them. We get to one of the parts where you have to stand in church. I think is where we're at at our church. There's a part where you meet and greet people. So you shake people's hands. You pray with them. Hey, good. To, hey, good to see you, Elder. Good to see you. Good to see you, brother. Good. Good to see you, brother. Brother. Brother Lewis. You shake hands, you know, this is this is way back. This is like ninety-one. This is before COVID, where where we're all away from each other and wearing masks. Now somebody roll up on you at church, man. It could be go time. You get too close and breathe on me with your potentially COVID-infected breath? People aren't having that. No more. But back then that was that was the norm. So when when we get up, I quietly say to the guys, I'm like, all right, man, you know, it's it's a bad haircut. I look, I look bad. I'm embarrassed. I didn't want to come to church today. I tried to get my my parents to to let me stay home. And they wouldn't. I'm like, you guys have had jokes. It's it's legitimate. It's a bad cut. You got me. But that's enough. You've been clouding me for 30 minutes. That's enough. Now these kids are older than me. I'm like 13 ish. These kids are like 16, 17ish. We get back in our seats. <laughs> we 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 get into the rest of the service. They're still clowning. They're still they're just having jokes on me. I'm the butt of the joke. When I was young, I had a bad temper. Ask anyone that grew up with, with Lance Day and Columbus, Ohio. I had a terrible temper growing up. I had a Bruce Banner type of, of temper. And I and I hit my growth spurt early. So I was kind of a load at 13. I was five eight already had a size 12 shoe and was about 160 pounds 155 160 pounds i was i was a load i was i was large enough to be the the middleweight champion of the world at age 13 so these guys they continue to to clown they continue to have jokes so i singled out the the person of 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 the four or five guys i singled out the person who i felt that i was most likely to to be able to to take in a brawl, for whatever reason, because I was like, "It's gonna be, it's gonna be me and you." You done set it off. We're we're going to go mano y mano. We get to the intercessory prayer, which at my church, the intercessory prayer is this time where, where everybody is quiet. You're kneeling. The pastor is praying, or or do you have an an elder pray? Or something like that. It's usually like three or four minutes. That's where people back then. That's where people used to grandstand and say, "Oh, Heavenly Father, Jehovah Jireh, Ruler of Earth, Savior to the universe." That's the people that start the prayers with that. I think now people just get to the point, man. We're we're a different place. There's so much, just like sports content, and any other content. Christian and religious content is saturated. You can get all of that anyway. If I if I want to see that, I can, I can watch TD Jakes. I can go to Olstein and he could talk about when his when his father passed away and he stepped up to pastor the church, and how they made the investment to buy the compact center. You can get all of that twenty four hours a day. But back then, if you were praying the intercessory prayer, you were like close to sainthood. You're you're really you're really going in. So there was a lady. She was praying. It was fantastic. She prayed for about five minutes. After the intercessory prayer at my church, you always got up and sang a hymn. And so I waited. cause a crowded church. I think my mom was on the piano because my mom was a pianist for the church. I don't think my dad was on the pulpit that Sabbath. He may have been, but I waited. And at my church, there were about close to a 1,000 people at the time. When we got... Out of the intercessory prayer, everyone stands up to sing a hymn, and everyone is standing up at the same time. So you hear the noise of everyone standing up. People aren't paying attention. When the guy behind me that I identified that that I felt was the, the least of the four threats physically of the guy sitting behind me, I turned around as we were all standing up to sing the next hymn, and I slapped the living hell out of this person. I mean, I slapped him. It was like it was like Chris Rock getting slapped by Will Smith beforehand. The only thing I didn't do was, like, take a glove off like a Frenchman and slap him across the face with the glove. Like, I slapped. This is a 13-year-old slapping the taste out of a 17-year-old's mouth. Like, this guy was a star player on the basketball team. He was like 6'2", 6'3". And I slapped the hell out of him. None of those guys ever mess with me ever again. Now, of course, after church, I, I ran. I, I, he wasn't going to beat me up in the sanctuary. And nobody saw me slapping because everyone was getting up at the same time. and We were on the back rows of the church. So nobody knew. He couldn't do nothing about it. My mom didn't see it. My dad didn't see it. After church, I made sure that I got up and, and walked to my father. My dad didn't know that he was giving me an escort out of the church. But I slapped the hell out of this person now this this person was like a big brother to me you know I love I love this guy and still keep in touch with him to to this day, which so I won't name names and i'm not I'm not telling people to choose violence, but you have to you have to set the bar for what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. how much are you going to tolerate from people? how much foolishness are you going to take in your personal life, your professional life? your relationships with your family, people who you cohort with. I was reading this article from careercontessa.com. And this lady, she's explaining about her her situation and how she became a, a victim of, of bullying in the workplace. And basically, she had a colleague that was 20 years older than her. She was early in her career. The colleague had some issues with competency, and they are on the same team. So when the when the colleague got working late or the work was bad, it's a part of the team, made the whole team look bad. She called him out privately for his opportunities for growth and just said that, hey, what can we do to work together? How can we be teammates? We're having problems. You've been late on some assignments. It hurts all of us. They were a part of a bigger team. And after that, he started bullying her. The writer Aaron Sturbis she says, rather than owning up to his tardiness, the colleague belittled me via email. Once he said he had told my office bestie that it was a big mistake that I would taken this job. Other times he'd find a way to twist the situation and blame me for his lateness. Most of the time he was just rude. Communicating with him made me very anxious. My confidence plummeted. I started thinking maybe what he told my friend was right. Maybe I wasn't cut out for this position. His words had me wrapped up in a major case of, quote, imposter syndrome. I don't really like that that phrase. That's such a buzzword. The strangest thing of all, this escalated level of harassment only happened over email. We rarely saw each other since we worked in different departments. Blame it on socialization, inexperience, or both, but I couldn't say for sure what was going on. I knew in my gut that something was wrong. I dreaded our interactions. She talks about standing up to the bully. One day I got an email from him that really made me angry. I was pretty certain that what he said was out of bounds. This wasn't in my head. I went to the supervisor and told her everything. Then I asked for help. You're not going to like this answer, she said. What's that? The only way to stop this for you is to confront him. You got to call him out. She was surprised, thinking that that this person would tell her to, to go to HR and have the discussion through HR. She goes into the confrontation. I sat at my desk pump sweating. I thought through what I needed to say, how I would say it, and before I could back out, I picked up the phone and dialed his number. my coworker answered, he seemed startled. I said to him, this has to stop. Your emails are disrespectful and unprofessional. You cannot speak to me in this way. Okay, he stammered. Okay, I said abruptly. Then I hung up the phone. My hands were shaking, adrenaline pumping. I felt stunned. The person who spoke to me on the phone and sounded strong, confident, and calm—nothing like the disorganized, in-over-her-head woman that I was made out to be. You got to do that in your career. And I want to talk about it. It's a long segment, but I really want to talk about that. You can't. You can't let. You can't let people go sideways on you in your career you just you cannot allow it it is unacceptable it's unprofessional if you allow people to take an inch they'll take a mile you allow people to to sexually harass you in a very subtle manner just be like "Ooh, you look good today girl that escalates you let people denigrate your your education and competence that escalates people feel that if they could do that will continue to do that. Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon 7 Studios. Did you know that 12,000 people are turning 65 years old every day? Many seniors will no longer be able to age in place and will need to look for individualized solutions. Upside Home is a personalized service for older adults that provides a gateway to independence and social experiences. Members choose how and where they want to live. Then their home manager connects them with services, anemones, and community events that promote overall wellness. Learn how Upside Home helps older adults age in the right place by calling 954-504-6122 or visiting upsidehome.com. It's electric, made extraordinary. Ingenuity, in motion. It listens, learns, adapts, and anticipates your every need. With intelligence that feels anything but artificial. The EQS from Mercedes-Benz. It's the car electric has been waiting for. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode squad. You know what? I didn't tell you this, Slants. I went to Hampton. What? What? Yeah, I went to Hampton, you. You went to Hampton? Yep. Man, you, we've been doing a show together for a whole year. You just pull it out that you went to Hampton? I never went to class. I was just partying. Uh, so you so you enrolled at Hampton. James Lewis. You didn't I enrolled actually, at Hampton. You didn't actually go to Hampton. Well, I had a couple of good friends. They all went to Hampton, but and I was just sleeping on their couch. So Man. I went to some of the classes. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. DJ Connect is the global network leader for artists, musicians, dish jockeys, and record executives. Get your record played anywhere in the world. Copenhagen, Los Angeles, the French Riviera, or South Beach. To learn more, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to pre-order the application today on Apple's platforms.